This episode of Meaningful Conversations is brought to you by Wix.com, the best place to create the website you want. With Wix, you have the freedom to easily create a website for whatever you need. You can promote your business, showcase your art, set up an online shop, or just test out new ideas. The Wix website builder has everything you need to create a fully personalized, high-quality, free website. Wix offers powerful features for your website, like designer templates, mobile optimization, and personalized SEO. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website. So create yours today and get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash Meaningful Conversations to get 10% off. So don't lose the 10% off. I'm Maria Shriver, and this is is Meaningful Conversations. On every episode, we'll take a journey into the lives of inspiring, thoughtful, thought-provoking people. People who are smart, spirited, and spiritual. People who have done extraordinary things to make a positive impact on our world. These are people I respect and admire. People who inspire me. I want them to share their stories, their experiences, their wisdom, and their feelings with you. I hope we can come together in community to reflect on the issues and topics that we're all thinking about, but no one seems to be talking about. I hope that you're inspired to have more meaningful conversations with the people in your life. Jen Sincero is a badass. That's the truth. Ever since she released her book, You're a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Yourself and Live an Awesome Life in 2013, Jen has been motivating and inspiring millions of people to wake up to their own potential and create the lives they want. I wanted to talk to Jen for my podcast because I was sure she would bring a fresh perspective to the topic of finding purpose and meaning in our everyday lives. Jen delivers wisdom and a reality check in this episode that I can't wait for you to hear what she's got to say. So let's get to it. Welcome, welcome to Meaningful Conversations, the kinds of conversations I like to have, and I'm very sure that our next guest also likes to have them because it seems to me that that's what she's doing in one way or another. Jen Sincero, who is the author of You Are a Badass Every Single Day, You're a Badass at Making Money, She's a Badass, and uh, she's here in our offices, and if you hear a little drilling out on the street, it's because you hear a little drilling out on the street because there's a little drilling going on out on the street. But we can talk through it. We won't even remember that it's there. Exactly. So drilling, I'm so glad drilling. to meet you because I've followed your book and I have followed your career. And I wanted to begin by asking you what constitutes a meaningful life for you. You know, I've really been thinking about this a lot lately now that I finally um, am not scraping by anymore, making conscious decisions on what, what do I want my life to look like now. And I realize that for me, it's really being around the people I love as much as possible, laughing as much as possible, giving back as much as possible, having adventures as much as possible. You know, but I think it's a really important question to ask yourself. That's almost the same verticals as me. Oh, really? Yeah. Do I leave anything fa- else? It, well, faith. I put faith in mine. Mm-hmm. It's like having a 
life of faith, having a life, being surrounded by people who are supportive of me, mm-hmm. family, nurturing that, having a career. I left out my dog. You left that's out your, well, that's nurturing, my dog as much that's as family, right? That's family. <laughs> that's dog, right, right. That's right. And, and having something that's a mission that's kind of larger than myself. Yeah. And uh, I find that, you know, maybe you, I don't know if you intend or not, but I think that these also have a mission, mm-hmm. your books, which are really for, to help people, and I don't use the word self-help, but to help people on their path yeah. towards a meaningful life. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting. I found most of that comes down to giving yourself permission mm-hmm. to be who you are, to have what you desire and to go after what you want. Like it, it's such an interesting thing to realize, but it, it really comes down to just giving yourself permission. And once you allow yourself to do it, you realize you have the power to create what you desire. Now, what is the history behind, you know, you think the success of You're a Badass Every Day? Do you, how much do you think the title has to do with it? I think a lot. I think. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was, you know, I wrote the book I wanted to read. So back in the day, I read every single self-help book under the sun. And I was like, where's the funny one? Where's the one that uses curse words and stories and feels like your best friend wrote it? So that's what I tried to do in this one, to to have it, uh, give it a different voice. And what was the voice that you felt when you were out reading was lacking? It's not just about humor, but you have different insights. So what is it that you thought, like, I need this book, so I'm going to go write it, which I think is a really great, because you wrote for you. Yeah, yeah. I learned way better through story. I'm really impatient also. So I found boiling all these big concepts down into really bite-sized pieces is what I tried to do too. Mm-hmm. And I think writing it from the point of view of somebody who struggled, you know, I was broke well into my 40s living in a garage. And I think the fact that I'd been there too and had really studied being broke and being stuck and in my own way gave me sort of an authenticity maybe. What did you feel when you were broke living in a garage in your 40s? I, I, I asked that because I was in an Uber on Saturday night, and it was a female driver. And um, I got in the car, and she was like, oh, my God, you know, Maria Shriver, you got in my car. And I was like, oh, you don't know. She goes, I'm so embarrassed. I said, why are you embarrassed? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, I'm driving, and I'm living in the office of the guy who owns this car Mm. and I'm a writer and I'm trying to make my way and I'm ashamed and it was this unbelievable conversation that we had and I really I mean it was very moving it was Mm. meaningful to me it was very moving and she was like I used to have a you know a shop and I gave it all up to try to pursue my dreams and it's really tough and, yeah. and what was it like to be 40 God. and it's not like you're 20 living in a garage? Yeah, right? yeah. That shame piece was huge. And also the frustration, like, my God, what is my problem? Like, mm. you know, I knew I was fabulous and talented and all this stuff, but I just couldn't get a handle, especially financially. Like, that was my big thing. I just, for some reason, kept hitting some kind of block. And I was super ashamed, super frustrated, angry, you know, just, I just didn't know what to do and confused, really. So awful. there you are, you're 40 something. One side of your brain is telling you you're fabulous, you're wonderful, mm. but your conditions and your life is screaming the exact opposite at you. Yeah. You're a mess, you're in a garage, you can't get it together, what's wrong with you? Uh, you're ashamed. How do you get out from under that? 
You know, it was the self-help books. And I got to say, I was so snarky about it. I was like, I will not be caught dead reading a self-help book, like horrified. But I didn't know what else to do. I was desperate. So I started doing a lot of stuff I'd never done before, which was reading those kinds of books. What did you read? Oh, gosh. Wallace Waddles, you know, written in like the 1800s by some old dude. Uh, The Science of Getting Rich is his book, Think and Grow Rich. You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I read that. Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all, so all of simple, them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Was there one that you felt had particular meaning for you that helped yeah. you? Yeah. I think The Science of Getting Rich, because it was it, for me, it was really about money. And that book is is super cosmic and bananas, but it really spoke to me. And it was really short. I'm really into the quick, like, just tell me what I need to know. <laughs> and so you do you think to yourself, you're reading that and... It's a, it's a form of empowerment. It's self-empowerment, mm-hmm. right? And then did it start to change? Yeah, it started. It forced me to shift my focus. He has a line in there that goes something along the lines of the truth is not your environment. The truth is what you choose to think. That's not how he says it, but something like that. And I just that, that just blew my mind. I was like, okay, I choose to not think I'm a big fat loser who will never get her financial act together. So I started to shift my thinking into being like, if I can do this, I can do this. And that really in itself was huge. And you write in your book, which I thought was great, about the spiritual gym, mm-hmm. right? Where did you come up with that and... How did you begin to go to the gym with your mind? I realized that, you know, a lot of times we declare that we're going to change things about our lives, but we don't have any kind of daily practice in place. We sort of do the same stuff we've always been doing, but expect things to be different. So I think motivation is a muscle. I think confidence is a muscle. I think tenacity is a muscle. And like any other muscle, you've got to keep working it out if you want to stay strong and grow it. So... I felt like it was a spiritual gym I was going to where I would read some form of self-help book every single day. I would meditate every single day. I would listen to music that pumped me up every single day. And so my new book really is about providing spiritual gym options for people because it's everything. So you said at the beginning um, when we first sat down here that you – and I asked you about uh, a meaningful life. You said you've been thinking about that because you're just now – in the place where you're not scraping scrappy and scraping by. How has that changed you? I can breathe a lot easier. (laughs) You know, I feel like all money does is give you options and freedom. And I love having options and freedom. And I just feel like I can be much more generous. I don't think about money all the time, which I think is such an ironic thing. You know, back in the day, I didn't want to make money the centerpiece of my life because I was a musician and an artist and blah, blah. And I thought about money all of the time because I had none, right? So every decision was based on how much stuff costs. So now I'm not focused on it so much anymore. I get to travel in much fancier ways, which I enjoy. I get to give back. You know, I give lots to charities that I've always wanted to contribute to. Um, It's just more fun and easier. So, so many people, Jen, you know, want to, I meet people, and I'm sure you do too all the time, that, you know, I want to write or I do write, but I can't write a book or my book has been rejected a hundred times. I, I wrote in my Sunday paper the other day the story of Madeline Engel with A Wrinkle in Time and her book was rejected for two years straight, right. 40 times. Mm-hmm. And she described each rejection as a wound and yet she persisted because she mm. was writing for herself. What gave you the confidence to go from that girl in the garage, right, to reading the self-help book to a book? 
Uh, that's a big jump. Yeah. Well, it was my first book. I've no, already I know. written a couple. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying yeah. to, to get to the book is a big jump. Right. I, you know, like any other creative person, when you get an idea, it doesn't leave you alone until you do it. I don't know. Like I don't, I, writing is not something I love to do, but I was like, oh no, I got another idea for a book. Now I got to go write it. And it wouldn't leave me alone. And I, I, and I also knew like, I was like, there's gotta be other people out there like me that are just desperate for something that's a little funnier and edgier and shorter. And, and I also wanted to speak to people who hated self help. And I was like, maybe if I make it irreverent, Mm -hmm. if they, you know, to help the people who weren't helping themselves, you know, maybe I could make it more palatable for the people who rejected it just flatly because it was self-help. So. And what have you learned by doing this and then going out and talking about it, selling it? What have you learned from the people that have come to you? Oh gosh, what a great group of people. (laughs) Uh, Just that uh, they were hungry for it and that it spoke to them. You know, there's so many good books out there and, you know, and and they speak to different people. Every author has their own voice. So uh, I think it's just that there were a lot of people who, who had the same sort of voice I do and had the same needs as I did. Did you meet any people in garages along the way? No. The, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. People who are, but they're they're at least showing up. You know, they're coming to my readings. Yeah. They're reading my books. They're reading other books. So it's one thing to be in the garage and just be sitting there. It's another thing to be getting out of the garage and figuring it out. Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. This episode of Meaningful Conversations is brought to you by HoneyBook, an all-in-one business management platform for creative small businesses. HoneyBook was built to help business owners spend less time handling administrative work. They have more time to focus on doing what they love. That would be me. HoneyBook makes it easy to streamline your process with client and calendar management tools and custom branded proposals and contracts. You can even get e-signatures, generate invoices, and get paid faster, all within one online system. Over 7,500 photographers, designers, event professionals, and other solo entrepreneurs have saved hundreds, if not thousands of hours a year with HoneyBook. So if you're a small business owner looking for easy-to-use administrative help, then check out HoneyBook.com today. And if you visit the website now, listeners of this show will get 50% off your first year. So go to www.honeybook.com and enter the promo code MEANINGFUL today to get started. Once again, that's www.honeybook.com and the promo code is easy. It's MEANINGFUL. Now let's get back to the conversation. What do you say to the person, the young woman who gave me her name, but I won't repeat it, uh, that's driving the Uber, living in the office of the car company, Mm -hmm. that person who's I met the other day who's living at home and feels so much shame Mm. in late 30s, right? A guy who's living at home. And and the list goes on. We hear, you know, so much uh, anxiety out there, so much struggle out there. What do you say to those uh, people? about, you know, living a meaningful life might seem like, you know, out of reach? I think, first of all, 
their story is not original. I think everybody who's gotten any success can relate. And, you know, I really do believe that if you have a desire inside of you, it was given to you for a reason. And not everybody has the same desires. So whatever it is that you want to do, like that woman wants to be a writer, yeah, you know, that's real. So good for her for doing, she's doing what it takes and just keep the faith and keep doing and keep showing up and you will get there. When did you feel like you got there? When did I feel? I think when we hit the New York Times bestseller list with the original You Are a Badass, that was bonkers. What? Tell me. Take me to that moment. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was going to a Steely Dan concert, and my agent called and told me, and it it was three years after the book came out. I mean, and by the way, nobody would publish that book either. Nobody would touch it with a 10-foot pole. They were like, the last thing the world needs is another self-help book. It's not going to sell, blah, blah, blah. So we got rejected by everybody, too. And then lo and behold, three years later, it was on the New York Times list, which I loved also because it really meant it was a word of mouth phenomenon as opposed to the publisher going out and doing a big blitz. It really, it just grew and grew and grew until it got to that point. And what did you feel when your agent called you? Uh, You know, what's really funny is I'm just really feeling it now. I was just telling somebody this. It takes me a while to really ingest that kind of success, which I think is very interesting. I will write about that someday. But uh, just like it took me years after my first book was published to believe that I really was a writer. I was sort of like, oh, it's beginner's luck. I'm going to get busted, like fraud complex. Yeah. And uh, and it just really is sinking in. Like I was super excited when I found out it happened. But yeah. now I'm sort of settling into my success and really absorbing it. Does that scare you in a way, settling into success? No, it's a relief. And I feel it is going to help me grow because now that I've – digested it is sort of the only way I can say it, then I can grow even bigger because now it's my new normal. Before I was sort of, I always felt like I was looking at it through binoculars backwards. I don't know if you ever had that experience where it's Looking through binoculars backwards. Where it's just sort of far away, like you see it, but now it's here. What do you see now? I, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I see the success. I'm picking up off of what you're saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. listening to you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I see, you know, I see the people who come to my readings, you know, the tour has been really successful so far. And I, I, I just see the people who are showing up to receive my information and, and really feel like I'm making a difference, which is so exciting. What difference do you think you're making? I think I'm letting people understand that they really can do whatever they set their minds to. And I think uh, it's it's chiseling away at all of the fear and the and the blocks that so many people have. And I'm really seeing results in the people who are reading my stuff. So when people come to you and say, you know, I'm in the mental gym, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing my reps, I'm feeling like a badass, and you go home, What goes through your heart? Gratitude. Just so much gratitude that anybody even listened in the first place and that I'm making a difference and that I have the opportunity to make a difference. Do you have that voice in there that's still like talking to you with the shame? Who do you think you are? You know, uh, you're not going to make it. Or is that silenced by your success? Yeah, she's gone. She's gone. For this, you know, I'm sure, new level, new devil, they say. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I sure like she's that. got other work ahead of her. <laughs> <laughs> but you silenced her. That's Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think everybody has. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? And, and how you silence the critical voice mm-hmm. in you that is yeah. in your way. 
Yeah. So, you know, I got a new book out. So who knows what's going to happen? Like everybody could be like, it sucks. She stinks. You know, that's yeah. totally possible too. But because I've digested this success and because I really am owning it in a way I haven't before, that's fine too. Like I'm proud of it. I'll when you say owning it in a way you didn't before, mm -hmm. was before like, no, 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 don't talk to well, What's the difference? It was more, I can't really describe it, but it was more like I didn't take it all the way in. Like I was grateful and I would see the success and the money was coming in, but I didn't grok it or die. It wasn't part of me in a way I feel like, like I'm restful about it now. It's not, um, hmm. I, I don't know. I've never really talked about it. It's like, it, um, I've, I'm owning it more. That's that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> Call me next week. I'll I, think about it. <laughs> no, but it's 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 a perhaps it's becoming meaningful. It's becoming something that you're owning as a part of you yes. that you're not deflecting, yes. that you're not thinking like oh, it's going to go away, yes. but that I actually did this. Yeah. I um am proud of me. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. And if it never happens again, it's happening now. Yeah. And all of that. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for articulating <laughs> what I was trying to think of. <laughs> but I, do you still go to the mental gym every day? I mean, because like a lot of this I was yeah. reading in my bed, you know, last night I was going through it and stuff. And I, you know, we write certain things and I'll like, oh, I should do that. I'm like, God, I, I think I did do that. I don't know if I do that anymore. But that, you know, <laughs> to stay on yes. your program. Yeah. You know, honestly... My program gets more intense if I'm going for something. So if I'm writing a new book or, or doing a new project or, you know, trying to achieve something, then I am all about the spiritual gym. I'm really good about getting a routine in place. Yeah. But now I'm like renovating my kitchen and I'm on tour and I still meditate and um, and I do try to watch my language really carefully. So those are the two things. So those are sort of my steadies. But right now I'm not really working out as hard as I often do. Did I read somewhere that you were like, I'm going to also just kind of take a break? Is that, yeah. is that, is that true or not um, true? Sort of, but sort of not. Like this book just you said You said it and then it's not really true? Well, it depends you? what break is. Renovating a kitchen is not a break. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's you, so enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. But it's that you wanted to like free yourself from like having to do it again and again or no? Well, of course, now I've already got ideas for the next book, so but I'm what? not sitting down to write it anytime soon. What is that that you you're swirling around? Oh, there's so many ideas. I have so many ideas. I I don't know if I can say them. That there's that they're so <laughs> Yeah, they're very half baked. So, right. you know, I do want to do something um on habits. I want to do some sort of women's empowerment book. I'd love to do one for kids. I've got I have a kids book I want to write. I'm writing a screenplay with a friend of mine, a comedy just right. ahead. What so, is what does women's empowerment mean to you? It means giving women permission. It really comes down to that. I feel like and calling ourselves on our own misogyny that we've been, you know, we've been raised to be misogynists in ways and we mm -hmm. don't really see it, but I would really love to get the old self-love going at full throttle with women. So what does that mean to you? And I, uh, people talk a lot and I myself do a little bit about self-love. I was not raised with right. self-love. Mm -hmm. My mother would be horrified. Uh, if she heard me talking about mm -hmm. that, she'd be like, I yeah. don't even know what that is. Get onto yourself. Let's move. Right. And then self-love and women's empowerment, mm -hmm. do they go together? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think especially for, I mean, and everybody's got it. You know, yeah. we, we live in a fear-based society and I think everybody's sort of the second you're 
capable of taking in information from the outside world. You start to question yourself, compare yourself, take on your parents' fears, take on society, you know, what society tells you. Mm-hmm. And we live in a patriarchal society. So yeah. women, even if in your conscious mind, you're like, women are badass, woo Yeah. We doubt ourselves. We apologize. We, we take in a lot of the less than psyche that, that the world gives us, mm-hmm. whether we agree with it consciously or not. So kind of women's empowerment to you is 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 getting the gym, getting in the mm-hmm. spiritual gym again and pushing back um, on some of those beliefs that you perhaps were raised with yes. that make you feel less than the opposite of meaningful. Yeah. And and but also confronting our own bias that we may have, our own as you said, yeah. um you know, belief system that might be detrimental to our own empowerment. Yeah. And I I think my job really is to help people do it the inside job, like do it on inside of yourself. Because if you refuse to accept that you're the weaker sex, that you can't, that you don't deserve equal pay, that, you know, whatever the hell's going on out there, but also that you, to really stand in it and own it now that I'm a professional owner of things. Yeah. (laughs) One's power. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, if all women really started to embody this knowingness and this fierceness and this love for themselves, I, I think if we can do that, then the environment will change. And and it's different for women of different ages, yeah, right? Absolutely. Owning your power mm-hmm. is different when you're 15 or 16, you're 20s, you're younger than I am. But But if you look at women's empowerment by the decade or by the generation, it's different for different generations. Oh when I hit 50, I feel like a gorilla crawled off my back. I, oh my God. I mean, he crawled back on, under my hip. <laughs> but I feel so much more confident and so much easier at letting things go. And so, and it's so much easier to just give stuff back to people. Like if people have a problem with me, I just give it back to them. It's their problem with me. It's not my problem with me or my problem with them even. I just... It's every decade I feel like yeah. you you settle into it so much more gracefully. More meaningful conversations in just a bit. This episode of Meaningful Conversations is brought to you by Swell Investing. For many folks, thinking about the future and your retirement may seem like a better thing to do, well, maybe tomorrow. But uh uh-uh, with the cost of living on the rise, it's important to think about your investments today, and that's where Swell can help. Swell is an online impact investing platform that makes it easy to get started. Select your portfolios, set recurring investments, and track performance all in one place. Swell is also impact-driven, which means that you're investing in companies innovating to solve important global challenges. Think water conservation, renewable energy, and smarter waste management systems. So start today by visiting www.swellinvesting.com slash meaningful to sign up. Once again, that's www.swellinvesting.com slash meaningful. Create a new account today and Swell will give you $50 to get a head start. Now back to the conversation.
So what's the biggest difference between you now in your fifth decade compared to the girl in her fourth decade in the garage, the girl in her 30s, 20s? I feel like when I was in my 20s and 30s, I made a lot of decisions based on insecurity and based on wanting people to like me. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, and certainly we all want to be liked, but it's not the driving force anymore. And I feel like as long as I feel like I'm in integrity and doing something that really fits me and is not harming anybody and is hopefully helping other people, then that's really all that matters. And, and, and not comparing myself and, and things like that. Are there women in this space that you admire, that you looked up to, or men, mm. uh, that kept you on the path, right? Because even though we may feel like we're not achieving something, there's somehow, there's some voice out there that's speaking to us, that's keeping us going a little bit on our path. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some of the self-help books that you had read, but is there anybody that you look at and you go like, you know, that's the, that's where I'm headed. That's what I kind of like, uh, you know, my longtime hero has always been Dolly Parton. I just love her. I think that she's so beautifully who she is and so oh, successful, cool. a really smart businesswoman, laughs at herself. She's just, I just love her. I think she's brilliant. Do you think that she, when you look at her, you're like, that's what I want to have. I want to have, like, she's made money. She's a businesswoman. She's kind of hyphenated. She's doing a lot of variety of things. And she stayed the course. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily want to have the same things as her. I hope to have the same appreciation for all the things I have and just the same, I, you know, I don't know where I've never met her, but yeah. just my perceived, you know, she seems to really enjoy her life. And she kicks butt. So I just think she's great. Do you think that there is a, uh, you know, everybody, I talk to a lot of people, they're like, what's going on out there in the world? You know, I'm scared. It feels like I can't kind of figure out where we're going. And people seem so angry, so divided, so extreme. And you're out on tour. What are you feeling that's going on in our country? Do you feel that most people want to just be a badass and... Be, not just, but mm-hmm. be a badass and do good work and raise their families and live meaningful lives and have connected, deep conversations? Or are you seeing like a lot of fear out there? Um, both. And, you know, when I'm on the road, it is sort of in a bubble and it is all about the books. We don't actually yeah. talk about it a lot at my talks. But yeah, I think we're in a very extreme time and I think people really are scared and there's sort of this hovering doom over us and I think it is absolutely affecting people. And I got to say, you know, writing a book about going out there and getting rich was terrifying for me when it came out, when You Are Badass at Making Money came out. But then I realized, oh my God, thank God it's coming out right now because money is power, whether you like it or not. And I really... I'm so grateful that I get to be on the warpath about helping all the big-hearted, conscious people of Earth make money so they can have a strong voice and make the changes that they think are important. Yeah, what about that? You know, I always find it ironic or it's interesting to me that we demonize people who have money. Oh, my gosh. But everybody wants to make money. We demonize people who have achieved the American dream but then we want to achieve the American dream. And what do you think it is that we're really confused about money or we're uh, hypocritical about money? Uh, And women, I think, have a particularly challenging 
relationship with money. Totally. Oh my God. It's such a freak show. We are just out of our minds about it. And it's so funny because I've written about sex before. You know, I've studied religion. I think money is by far the most loaded topic on earth. Absolutely. Oh, really? Why? Because More loaded than sex? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Why? Yes. Why? Why? Well, with both of them, uh-huh. you're never supposed to talk about it, right? Right. You never talk about either one, but you're supposed to be really good at both, at both. right? That's right. So That's it's right. like- that's not really fair, first of all. Uh-huh. And and it's just this dirty, highly judged – and like you said, like everybody yeah. wants more, but right. they criminalize people who have it. And they equate people who go out – who have a healthy desire for wealth with greed, you know? So yeah. there's just all this confusion going on. And, man, I wish I knew why. All I know is that it is there. And so that is what has been so fun about You Are About Us at Making Money is having the opportunity to wake people up to the exact scenario you just described, which is completely bonkers. What What were you said you were really scared to go out with mm. this uh, because money was in the title mm-hmm. or that you were going to be having to talk about our hypocritical relationship with money? I had to face my own fears around saying... I want to be rich. I think rich is awesome. I mean, really, and I and it's funny, right? So right. that's just like, Ugh. so it was a fleeting fear, but it did come up for me. I was like, isn't that interesting? I just wrote the damn book on it, and I'm scared. I can't even imagine what people out there are going through who really need this book. So it was, yeah. it, it was. So once I flipped that around, once I busted myself on that, it became so exciting because I was like, you guys, this is what's happening. If you think rich is bad, if you think it's a dirty sentence to say, I'm going to get rich, if you think all rich people are greedy, fatheads, you know, whatever you've got going on, you're not going to let yourself make money. So no matter how much you desire money, if you deep down believe there's something wrong with it, you are going to get nowhere, which is, you know, my life story until I was 40. So what is it, but like, I want to be rich is different, Mm -hmm. saying that is different than saying, I want to make money to take care of my family, to give back. Well, define rich. So that's what I ask you to do that. What is that? Yeah, it's whatever your version of being able to live the most authentic life that you want to live is. So everybody gets to define what rich is. So for one person, it could be millions. For another person, it could be 80 grand a year. I don't know. It's really up to you, but. What's it to you? What's it to me? I think I'm there. I think I'm pretty good. You rich? I definitely feel like I'm rich, yes. And when you say that, are you talking just financial? Yes. There's definitely more aspects to my life that I'm working on, you know. But but overall, my gosh, I live in a cream puff. Are you kidding? <laughs> I feel so grateful for my life. Yeah, but when I, when I just well, – because like when people – talk about, and this is something I talk to my kids about, like when you talk about rich, you're rich in friends. You mm-hmm. can broaden out what it means to be rich. Absolutely. You're rich in experiences. Money is a part of it, sure. right? Yep. And so living in a cream puff, I, that is kind of that your whole life feels yes, rich. I feel that way. And you're just using money, the word money, to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, this book really is about money, but I I 100% agree with what you're saying. But a lot of those other rich things, aside from friends and whatever, but they cost money. Like you want to go see your friend, you want to call your friend, you got to buy a phone, you got to buy a plane ticket. Like it costs money to be human on earth. So 
yes, those things, you know, money can't buy friends, but money can buy you the resources to hang out with those friends and foster those relationships. So in a way, to me, all of these things are connected, right? Yes. They're all, they may be about this about money, but they're really about seeing yourself, giving yourself permission mm -hmm. to make the money, to think about yourself, to lead a meaningful life, however you describe it for you. And I think that's really important to sit down and take the four minutes it takes to figure out what is a meaningful life for you. You know, so many people don't even do that. We just sort of chug along in our in, with our blinders on and just keep going. Step back a second and be like, what is really important to me? Like the way you opened up our talk. Yeah. To get clear in the specifics of what you desire, and then you can go out and, and create that. And not have shame about what you write down on your wheel of what makes a meaningful yeah. life look like to you. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That we're ashamed of what we want? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jen, so much for coming, for joining us on Meaningful Conversations and for getting out of the garage and getting your voice out there. Much needed. Oh, well, thank God you bless. so much. Thank this was you. really fun. Great. <laughs>Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Meaningful Conversations. And let me express my gratitude once again to Jen Sincero for stopping by my office to chat, to laugh, to think, and to just be her wonderful self. If you're looking for more inspiration and words of wisdom, then please sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Sunday Paper. It's free and it's good. So just visit my website, mariashriver.com, to subscribe. I hope you'll also check out my book, I've Been Thinking, and its new companion, I've Been Thinking, The Journal. Like this podcast, those books were created to help you on your path to a meaningful life. More details on my website about those as well. And thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to being in community with you again right here each Monday.